an elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Amelia Earhart, what do you guys know about Amelia? You guys know anything about Amelia Earhart? I learned everything I know about Amelia Earhart as soon as I opened this Wikipedia page. Well, you're already ahead of me. (laughs) I can send you the link. It's a good thing uh, Celeste brought that one to my attention. I got this. Uh, Amelia Earhart was born on July 24th, 1937 in Atchison, Kansas. Yeah, it's Atchison, Kansas. <laughs> All right. Uh, her father was a railroad lawyer and her mother came from an affluent family, but she's basically a homemaker. Uh, my first question is, does anybody, can you guys give me any idea what the fuck a railroad lawyer is? This would be in 1937. What would a railroad lawyer be? Um, I feel like it's probably one of the guys that was in the room with Daniel Day-Lewis anytime he was making those speeches and there will be blood. <laughs> He's the guy be like, don't say the, <laughs> don't do the one with the giant straw. It's, it's legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably the one who got him off after murdering Paul Dano. Yeah. yeah. Getsy probably has no idea or you have an idea. You probably have lawyers. No, I, I feel like a railroad railroad lawyer has got to be a guy that's like negotiating with the landowners that they're trying to cut through. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, uh, my guess. yeah, I feel like they probably did. That was, yeah, I guess that would be 1937. So there'd be lots of, yeah, that makes the most sense. Someone would be negotiating with the people, the land buyers. I agree with that. Just comes in flapping his mutton chops, offering 47 cents an acre. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just 1937. It's not like. Uh, uh, oh, all right. I was thinking much earlier. I guess. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, I feel like he offered zero dollars and then just defended the government in court. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, of course we can push this family out and make them starve to death. We're rich. <laughs> this won't be hard at all. Dirty thirties are among us, boys. Let's just throw some drugs at them. They'll they won't even notice. Hell yeah. Uh. So her father was an alcoholic, and now I think I know why. Uh, Because of this, they were never on financial stable ground. Uh, They moved around a lot, and she ended up finishing high school in Chicago. And See, I have this date wrong here. Amelia Earhart was not born in 1937. 1897, I think it is. Let me look here. Yes, that is what it says on the Wikipedia page here. 1897. Jesus, no wonder that's... So it's not the night. It's not even the 1900s yet. Okay, okay. So I was closer to mutton chops than not. You're closer to mutton chops than not. I don't know where right. 1937 is a different date. That's when she fucking dies. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, so anyway, she ended up finishing high school in Chicago in 1916. She went to Ogons School in Rydell, Pennsylvania. I hope I got that wrong. I don't even care. Ogons. Uh, but soon dropped out after a trip to her sister's house in Canada for Christmas. They went to Toronto for Christmas. Uh, while she was there, she developed an interest in caring for World War I soldiers, uh, wounded World War I soldiers, sorry. And she volunteered as a nurse's aide for the Red Cross. Uh, she was obsessed with going to the Air Force Base nearby and watching the pilots in action. So you guys really don't know much about Amelia Earhart. Isn't she like a historical icon in your country? Yeah, we, we learn about her in school and stuff. But I mean, she's just perpetual, like the main takeaway. I mean, honestly, it's the same thing. I Same way I know anything about history is mostly through cartoons. So you guys have watched the Truman Show, right? 
Yes. Uh, they basically make him afraid of getting on boats. Yeah. Because his dad was in the yeah. accident. Yeah. That's what schools here do with planes so that you stay in your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, after the war, uh, she went back to college in the pre-med program at Columbia University in New York City. So that one's a little bit more well-known. Uh, although she dropped out again not soon after because her family had been breaking up and getting back together. And uh, her dad was alcoholic. Like I said, they had a lot of turbulent times, but they had actually gotten uh, all back together as a family, mom and dad, all her sisters and stuff. They're all back in one place in California. And she didn't want to ruin the opportunity to be with her family. So she dropped out of school, which doesn't make sense to me. But cool. She did that anyway. She went, you know what? I'm going to drop fucking Columbia and go to California to hang out with my alcoholic dad. She was pretty good at dropping out of stuff. School, the sky, you name it. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. I, I'm actually going to say she was terrible at dropping out of the sky because she you're about to find out she did a lot of crazy shit while she was up in the air. She was actually only did that one thing once. Uh, OK, <laughs> it's only right. once that matters. I, I, guess. Won't, I won't hold it against her. <laughs> uh I feel like in the early 1900s, it was hard to travel, but she was all over the country. Uh, so to me, this gives me that an idea that she was kind of an explorer to begin with. She was always had that in her. So that's cool. She was always out and about. I, I like this lady. After reading about her, I never really knew much about her being from Canada. But after reading about her, I, I kind of find she's, a, she's cool. Uh, she went on her first flight at a Long Beach air show in 1920 with famed World War I pilot Frank Hawks. And after that, it was over. She was obsessed with flying. And when I say she went for a, a flight, like she literally got in a cockpit and the guy flew around, like it's not like she flew a plane at that time, but she definitely got obsessed with it after that. It's uh, flying couldn't have been around for too long before that. I should have checked when flying was invented. It wasn't much before that. And uh, her getting to jump in a plane must have been very, uh, what do you call that? Like a uh, novel for Fucking anyone. Crazy. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. And insane's another way to yeah. put it, uh, but still novel, right? It wasn't like now where we're like, ugh. We have to get on a 10 hour flight. Like if anybody would have been happy to get on a plane, probably back then it's like, she's fortunate to have actually been doing it, but she was obsessed. Right. Right. Hawks was a world war one veteran flight instructor and stunt pilot who was part of a, the team who did the first mid air refuel. So that's kind of cool. I didn't even know they did that. And I was looking at videos of this. They can refuel a plane while it's flying around. That's insane. They just put a big fucking hole. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty stupid. So then they were doing that in the thirties, which is cool. Right. Like, back in those days so uh but although uh him even though he was a famous pilot stuff he also died in a plane crash in 1938 so mm, flying was a lot more dangerous they didn't have the tools they have now to fly around um <laughs> even experienced guy like that fucking died in a plane crash uh she also she after this uh, her flight with that guy she took flying lessons from the only woman flight instructor in california his uh her name was nita snook nita snook uh, sounds like a Jedi name. That's all I'm saying about that. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of Star Wars character. Uh, right. I, I do. I thought find a fun name. I don't know anybody named Nita. Do you? Um, she uh, worked multiple jobs to pay for her flying lessons. She was mostly living off uh, the inheritance from her mother's rich family. Oh, she was a trust fund baby, was she? Basically, yes. They always get to pursue their dreams. They definitely do. And I keep telling my parents, how come you guys didn't try harder? I could have a trust fund right now and be living not in the fucking middle of nowhere. Thanks, mom. Yeah, I could have died doing the first thing of something. 
could have been an explorer. Yeah, exactly. There's no more explorer. Well, the first. The- yeah, nobody does that anymore, right? Like it's all there. After the dude, for, the Rockefeller dude, went to uh, New Guinea and got eaten, I think exploring was over. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Let's bring it back. Let's just bring back exploring. Yeah, the only thing left to explore, though, really, is like the deepest depths of the ocean, and James Cameron's taking care of that, and space, and Elon Musk is all on top of that. So. Fuck that. I'm just going to like go to Idaho and, and claim that I explored it. <laughs> just plant a flag. Just yeah. walk through all the fucking cornfields. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just be like, I found this. <laughs> yeah, I farmed this though. Yeah, yeah. But I found it. Like the farmer's all mad at you. <laughs> you were, it is, you're just one of the native species. Mr. <laughs> McElroy or whatever your name is. That's Mrs. Don't assume gender. Anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> a hard farm woman. Yeah. <laughs> I have a guy at work. He's a 60 year old man. And he told me today that uh, the only thing good that comes out of Russia is uh, thick. <laughs> he said thick tractor women. I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? So if anybody knows what a thick tractor woman I have is, so many follow up questions. <laughs> yeah, for that. Me too. Yeah. I had lots. <laughs> I, I did not think they were the number one selling item on those websites. It'd be like third or fourth down. Yeah, there's a lot of good things that came out of Russia too. Come on. <laughs> it's just yeah. the thick tractor ladies. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, a year later, uh, she bought her first plane. It was a Kinner Airster. She nicknamed the yellow plane, the Canary. Isn't that cute? Flying around a plane called the Canary. I think that's so cute. In 1922, Earhart set the record for being the first woman to fly solo above 14,000 feet. She took the Canary out for a rip. She went up there. She didn't. Uh, I think she bought that plane in 21. And within a year, she's like, I'm breaking records. I don't give a fuck. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I don't and I don't mean to backtrack a bit. Yeah, sure. But I, I feel like you you may have intentionally skipped over something. Um, what I'm reading here is that uh, Miss Anita Snook, who was a. Uh, the, uh, the woman referenced before for her, her trainer, yeah. right? Uh, she, in training, drove a, uh, a Curtis JN4, which, and I apologize that you have to, you guys have to hear this. I'm okay with it. But it was nicknamed a Canuck. So I, I, per- I did not they, purposely say that. They were, they were very prejudiced back then against you folks. And, <laughs> and I'm sorry that we've done that to you. You know what? Uh, I think, the only time we've ever fought you guys, we beat you. So I'm cool with it. I'm cool if we did enough to you guys. You guys have, you can call us Canucks every once in a while. Okay. I don't remember that. So it didn't happen, but whatever. Hey man, that's how America works. Just erase the truth and give out propaganda. Good for you guys. <laughs> Rock Hell on. Yeah. If, for the listener, he just gave the devil horns to that. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Hail Satan. Okay. <laughs> Uh, by 1923, she had her pilot's license. So uh, she was a fucking badass. She didn't even have a license and she still flew and tried to break a bunch of records. That's awesome. She just was like, you know what? I don't I don't need you, Nita. Watch what I can do. <laughs> but she was a criminal, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to okay. say. Two clues so far. Right. Trust fund. Yeah. And a criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they had that many uh thick standing laws about piloting back then. I don't think we like now we've beer. If they were giving out licenses, there was a fucking law for it. (laughs) (laughs) What are you getting your license for? I don't know. I just cuss. Sure. I don't mean like, I don't think like, it's like, did you uh, get a parking ticket? Yes. Does that make you a criminal? No, I don't think it was that severe to not fucking fly around. Like she bought the plane. They didn't even ask her for an ID when she bought the plane. They're like, here, have a plane. 
You don't need but her license. willingness, her willingness to break the law is indicative of a criminal nature. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's paint her as a I'm, criminal. Listen, I'm, I'm cool not ever that. IDing a trust fund, baby. I don't care what I'm selling them. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get, you want to throw in an extra hundred thousand dollars? Fuck it. You could buy the plane. You want a tank? It's yours. <laughs> I don't care if you're seven. Give her, bud. Here's your tank. <laughs> I, I said trust fund baby. All right. I'm not selling to seven-year-olds. Five and under. <laughs> okay. Uh, inheritance was running out because they were not very good with the money. Like a plane was expensive to have and house and all that stuff. She ran out of money quite early uh, and she had to sell the canary actually in 1924. Uh, flying was not paying her bills. It was just a hobby for her. Um, so for the next couple of years, she did have a day job as a social worker. But during that time, I think that job was just to try and get back up in the air. Okay, I don't think she was really into the whole social work thing. I think she it was just money. Oh, fucking bitch. Yeah, well, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure it was like not uh, intentionally like, fuck this social work job. It was more like, I can't wait till I can save enough money to go on another flight. You know what I mean? But that's just like, that's just such a callous thing to do to just casually be a social worker <laughs> because you'd rather be flying. Like if all, you're, you're making it so sound involved. like it's now you're making it sound like it's now it's not like they were giving the women the good jobs back then they're like or not that a social worker is a bad job it's just a woman's job in a historical sense it's like women are Let's nurses see. women are social workers women are uh housekeep home keep homemakers or whatever so wait what do you think it what it entailed then based on your definition it sounds like they just threw a stack of blank papers at her just to keep her busy or no something. she i can tell you what she did she went to she was like helping people who were poor like she was going to like the soup kitchen shit like that she was doing stuff like that okay yeah it's it was what yeah. they would consider woman's work i'm not even joking there's so much sexism in this it's unreal so it, no wonder she wanted to fucking fly. okay by 1927, she did start to get back into the flying. She joined the American Aeronautical Society's Boston chap chapter. She invested in the Denison Airport in Massachusetts, and she acted as a sales rep for Kinner Airplanes in the Boston area. So she got into flying or uh, back into flying by trying to sell airplanes because she knew so much about them. She was up and down selling. She invested whatever money she made into an airport. So that's good. And she also joined a bunch of shit. So that's cool. So and then she even wrote articles promoting flying in the local newspaper. She quickly began to start to get a local celebrity through the newspaper articles uh, just because she was an oddity. A woman talking about flying. It doesn't even make sense. And you'll see why I say that in a second. During this time before television, and all that they had promoters for flights uh, and new and exciting flights, because that's what people needed for entertainment was some guy to be like a girl's going to fly. Uh, <laughs> let's get it in the newspaper, guys. It's crazy to me. Uh, it, it would be in the newspaper when someone did some sort of feat of flight, like in 1928, in response to the 1927 flight across the Atlantic by Charles Lindbergh, these very same promoters wanted to get a woman to fly across the Atlantic. Okay. And who do you think they picked? Our little celebrity of the day, our spunky little hero, Amelia Earhart. So in April of that year, she got a call from uh, Captain Hilton H. Rayleigh asking if uh, she'd like to fly the Hell Atlantic. Yes, I fucking love that name. <laughs> Hilton H. Rayleigh. <laughs> that is such a 30s name. That is so sick. Hello, sir. I don't even know how to do a 30s fucking gangster. I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he called her up and he said uh, to see if you'd like to fly the Atlantic. And without a second thought, Amelia said yes. 
some people, and this is a hilarious part, when I was reading a bunch of articles on this, some people say she was chosen because of her little bit of celebrity, but she also looked like Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> so Damn. they're like, uh, Lindbergh looked good on the front of the paper, on the newspaper, so Amelia will too. <laughs> like They're definitely going to love her. Look at how she looks. It's great. I find that funny. You look like a man, so you can fly across the Atlantic. <laughs> I'm gonna look up a picture of Charles Lindbergh right now. Yeah, do it. Tell me if you that, think who's I, that a dig on? Oh, well, that is a very feminine looking man. Sure, but I mean it's the if if that's the reason you choose for the first woman to go across the Atlantic is because they look like the last one who went across, that's fucked up. That's fucked we call up that market shit. research. I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> they actually do look very similar. What the fuck? Yeah. This is a conspiracy in itself. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So, like, maybe hmm. we're pulling threads. Left what if the right entire here. time they were the same person? Oh uh, well, that would be some sort of wicked because Lindbergh has his own conspiracy that goes later on in his life. For his you think you think he would want to be Amelia Earhart after that shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he brought. <laughs> he would have went the opposite <laughs> way. Yeah, I feel like he got confused and fucked up. <laughs> Uh, she took the fl- uh, a flight to New York City and met the project coordinators, including publisher George Putnam. And did I say she was going to fly solo? Well, if I did, I didn't mean that. She got on a plane named Friendship uh, in Newfoundland, Ontario, or Canada, and landed in Bury Port, Wales, as a passenger. Uh, so, uh, Wilmer Stultz and Louise Gordon flew the plane. She just sat there. And the logic of the time, uh, was that, uh, such a flight was too dangerous for a woman to conduct herself. So they wanted a, someone, a woman to be in a plane that went across the Atlantic, not fly a plane. And people were ate that shit up. Cause the second she hit the ground, she was an instant international celebrity ticker tape parades on the streets of New York city. She even got a trip to the white house to meet then president Calvin Coolidge. Uh, the media nicknamed her Lady Lindy. Uh, Lindbergh's nickname was Lucky Lynn, so it was a derivative of that. Uh, she was just the lady version of him. It's great. Uh, <laughs> women always used to get the short end of the stick back in those days, still do. So uh, I find that hilarious. She didn't have to fly and she became like famous, like legit famous. She wrote a book about this experience called 20 Hours and 40 Minutes. And that's how long it took. Uh, that's how long she had to sit in a, what a shitty title. Yeah, I know. It's so, it's so bad. But uh, hey, man. it sold it sold a lot it was followed by an across the u.s uh lecture tour so she got to go talk about her experience sitting there watching the men work you know you did you did a great job there amelia uh you talk about that make sure you get that uh this book is riveting you you tell me you sat there were you comfortable the whole time anyways (laughs) it drives me crazy this whole thing I can't believe people would read the newspapers and be astonished that a woman could do such courageous things. Uh, She was so brave for trusting the smart man to bring her over the ocean. After that, she was offered a job as an associate editor at Cosmo magazine. Uh, So she got, like I'm saying, super famous. And she had her own fashion line that was hailed as sleek and purposeful, yet feminine. (laughs) So aerodynamic. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they said shit like that. Aerodynamic and fucking wouldn't you want to thrust through the sky with this lady? Anyways, let your vulva soar like Amelia's, <laughs> but don't let it be sore. Vulva. <laughs> Try these bloomers. When you said vulva sore, it made me think of a weird vagina dinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a pussy Pokemon. I choose you. Anyways, uh... <laughs> <laughs> not with that voice. 
I, and by okay, I just want to say this. I'm not diminishing her. I'm diminishing uh, people from that time period. Uh, I don't get why people hated women so much back then. It makes no sense. So on her to her defense on this whole thing, she knew she didn't deserve the acclaim. She felt like she was just baggage. Uh, sorry, she felt like she was just like baggage, like a sack of potatoes. Uh, and then she said, maybe someday I'll try it alone. And this is where it all set it off because. Over the next few years, she accomplished many things like flying across North America, entering the women's air derbies, uh, sorry, entering women's air derbies. And she set another record for world altitude at 18, uh, 18,415 feet. So she went even higher than last time. Putnam, wow. Putnam, her publicist, that guy she met earlier uh, and her got romantically involved during the time during this time. And they got married. She kept her last name for her career. And yes, the stereotype of marrying your publicist has been around for that long. So yeah, she did that. So in 1932, her and Putnam decided to organize a solo flights across the Atlantic for Amelia. Like she always promised herself she would do. And on the fifth anniversary of lucky Lynn's flight across the Atlantic, uh, May 20th, 1932, she did just that. She took off from Newfoundland again and landed in a small pasture in London, Derry, a Northern Ireland. She had to improvise when she was experiencing mechanical failure along the way, and she realized she wasn't going to make it to Paris like Lindbergh did. So she actually almost crashed earlier, but she landed in a farmer's field in Ireland, which is, uh, she made it. She did it. She was the first woman to go across the Atlantic. So, brah fucking vo. She also uh, smashed the record of it. She did it in under 15 hours. So she did it five hours faster than when the two men were taking care of it before. So good for her on that one. Wow. Yeah. Is there heavy alcohol bloated bodies weren't weighing it down <laughs> yeah exactly uh oh. they're probably hammered for sure they're probably encouraged to drink yeah. while flying are you crazy oh, you must be on edge here have a drink <laughs> yeah probably the only reason she was able to do this shit is because she was the first sober pilot too. <laughs> you almost made me spit take i was taking a drink when you said that <laughs> if i would have covered my fucking mac and coffee right now i probably would have killed myself <laughs> <laughs> is that all it takes to be a pilot is to drink heavily it sounds like you didn't need a fucking license. I mean, hell. <laughs> I'm in. A lot of these guys were probably like veterans, right? From World War One, because uh, flying was very young at this time. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that would that would track. Yeah. Um, then she met uh, the president, the new president, which was Herbert Hoover, and he gave her some medals. No one really gives a fuck about. I'm not going through them all, uh, but that's the second president she's met in her lifetime so far. She's in her mid thirties. Uh, wow. She wrote another book, enjoyed her now earned fame and decided to smash more records. She's like, you know what? I'm breaking records. Let's break some more. Uh, in 35, 1935, she flew solo from Hawaii to California, which is actually longer than the flight across the Atlantic. Uh, on January 11th, she did uh, that in just under 17 hours or just over 17 hours. Sorry. Uh, later that year, she was the first person to fly solo from LA to Mexico city. So she was killing it. Uh, but she had bigger dreams, guys. She wanted to fly around the world. You can't do this solo. It, you need a navigator. Uh, the world is a funky place, especially when you don't have the tools you got now. You need someone to actually watch where you're going. They actually had maps and shit. It wasn't like a computer screen helping you get from point A to point B. Yeah, that that's fucking insane to me that there's no like Google Maps. Yeah, nothing. To scope out. Just a map. Just to like... <laughs> track that shit uh, these people are just, just like, look, look at the stars making guesses i I'm just I'm familiar with cardinal directions oh it's a lot of trig <laughs> it's a lot of trigonometry and trust in cartographers 
because the map that she actually like that. did take with her, the map she took with her was eight miles off. Uh, that's I mentioned that later on, but it wasn't even. See? And that's and that's why I always say you never trust a cartographer. Yeah, they're the worst. Uh... Everyone knows they're all pedophiles. <laughs> Are we making that claim today? Are we putting that down on paper? Cartographer. That's just yeah. That was that was the that was the side mystery I got I got <laughs> sidetracked with uh, before I was able to do Amelia Earhart research. Wait, you got sidetracked in pedophiles or cartographers? Well, one in the same. <laughs> I don't that's, know why you distinguish. Between that's the them. Con- that's yeah. That's the conclusion <laughs> I'm drawing. What, do, what? That's maps. It's so secretive. What are you drawing maps to? <laughs> why isn't it on the internet? Why can't we know about it? I think we all know. <laughs> all right. So you can't, uh, you can't fly around the world solo. You need a navigator. So she got a friend of hers named Fred Noonan as her navigator. And on June 1st, 1937, they set off to the, uh, on the 47,000 kilometer journey. I don't know what that is in miles guys. I'm Canadian. So it's kilometers. Good. Welcome. They departed in Miami and by June 29th, they had already made various refueling stops before reaching Ley, New Guinea on uh that day a couple hours later or a couple hours jesus a couple days later on july 2nd they headed for holland island which is about 4200 kilometers away from uh the lay new guinea uh holland island is hard to locate because it's so small and it's ex- it was uh so it was expected to be a hard flight to help uh amelia actually asked the u.s to see if they could park some boats nearby as a guide for her so she got two u.s coast guard ships Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, I'm flying. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to find this place. You want to just park a bunch of fucking boats outside so I know which, which island to pull up at? Yeah. Just casually? Yeah, the, she was a celebrity. She had a little bit of pull. She met the president at this time, right? She was a uh, well, worldwide well-known name. She's flying around the world. This was big news. And if the U.S. can make themselves look better in any way, I'm sure if they had a ship in the area, they would. Why not? We're around here anyway. Uh, and they did, man. They parked one out. They actually did it. I don't know. I I couldn't call up the president and be like, hey, man, I want to fly around the world. Can you park a boat for me? But I guess when you got the juice, fucking Amelia does. That sounds like some Kennedy family bullshit. Like, hey, <laughs> I don't really want to drive through the traffic. You mind just shutting down the city so I can get to the White House? What the fuck? Oh, uh, fuck. Well, they did it anyway. Hell yeah. Uh, so where was that? She was in radio contact with the U.S. Coast Guard ship, the Itasca. I hope I get all these wrong. Later in the flight, she radioed uh, to the Itasca that she was running out of fuel. And about an hour later, she radioed that we are running north and south. That was the last thing I ever heard from her for the flight. And uh, running north and south, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Now, Yeah, that sounds like that's your problem. Your shit's splitting in two. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm stuck on this fucking ship thing. Okay. Right. Let's it was it. a U.S. Coast Guard ship. How, where the fuck did it come from in the, in the middle of the Pacific ocean? They brought it all the way over. Yeah. What the fuck? This is America, man. Don't they have like uh, bases everywhere around the world? Not with coast guard ships. Why would, well, why would the U S coast guard be helping over in the fucking Pacific ocean? It would be like a Naval ship. Yeah. I always thought they guarded the coast. I can tell you're American. <laughs> this is also 1937 like ask your grandpa what they did back then i don't fucking know uh, pal <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how old my grandpa is <laughs> he's from the 80s probably okay yeah 
like 65 considering i pulled i picked you guys up from daycare this morning okay yeah <laughs> either way it was coast guard ship i don't know man i like i said it was famous ship maybe they shipped it they uh drove up there to meet her there like maybe they specifically did that to help her out because it was just so famous of a thing or so what do you call it like uh notorious of a thing that was going on at the time i don't know I, they just helped her out man they did it no, that's good. And that, you know, she probably called him up or whatever, you know, and was like, hey, you know, can you can you do this? And they were like, uh, sure, I guess. Why? She's like, well, you know, I mean, I'm going off a map and, you know, a cartographer made it. And they were like, oh, OK, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. we're bringing the ships. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't don't. Was don't there a cartography word. school that didn't let you in? Like, we're we going to have to worry about some other <laughs> level event here. <laughs> Yeah, are you are you all soured up because you fucking Jesus. flunked out of cartography school? Yeah, look, look, I did not flunk out. Okay, <laughs> it was rigged. I chose to leave. I chose. Yeah, <laughs> I I couldn't stand what I uncovered there. And all of a sudden, <laughs> maps are supposed to be round. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're trying to tell me the green part isn't the ocean. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently Amelia thought the same thing. Head up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, her last couple. Okay. Maybe I should talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> the plane going down. She open, you should open with that. Oh, God. She. Okay. So that last little bit, she, uh, when she left Lao or whatever to fly there, the, I guess the Coast Guard had left. Uh, I don't understand radio equipment from back then. So they kind of left on one of the frequencies, like the higher frequency radio, and it ran out of batteries. Okay, the fucking Coast Guard people. So she refused to do Morse code and she refused to go in the lower band frequencies. I don't understand why or she didn't understand too because that wasn't the plan. But she was trying to get a hold of them for a long time. And the, the whole time the Ithaca or whatever is trying to contact her, telling her like, go into Morse code. We can read you better. And she wasn't answering. She only answered that one thing. That's why this is so mysterious. She said she was running out of fuel. We can't contact. We can't understand what you're saying, Ithaca or whatever. We don't hear you, but we're running out of fuel. We're running North and South. That's all they really got. And she couldn't really understand them. So it's uh, running North and South. If you, this is, a, this is where it gets weird for me. And I kind of, I understand it by like photos and stuff. But running north and south is it that means they're kind of running on a north and south uh, on the map, but it not really north and south. They follow where because the sun and the earth. Okay, this is going to get real basic, but it has to be explained. The earth goes around the sun. We get this right. So it's not mm -hmm. on a perfect east west side of the earth. It's kind of on a north or where depending on what day of the year or where you're at. So the sun, when it comes around, when it's twisting and the fucking sun starting to like poke its head around parts of the earth it makes a line where the shadowy side of the earth is and the bright side of the earth when she was saying she was running up and down they were looking at like where the shadow divides the fucking or the light divides the shadow between night and day and they they could figure out where they were on a map because of that and they gave like specific coordinates and they were trying to say hey i don't know where the fuck you guys are but we're running along the line that the sun because it was like at seven in the morning or whatever so look for us there so there's more north or south. It's northeast, southwest. Like it's not fully north. Right. So, when, but when she said we're running north and south, she didn't really know which, and it was like an and or. She knew she was running. Uh, uh, yes, it's uh, it's along that line. You guys have to look along okay. this north south line. So, gotcha. By the way, she was saying like she was saying like ping our locations. She was saying a whole bunch of shit that they couldn't 
respond to her phone. Ping her location. Did they did they do it? Did she did she no, get they a didn't know message they, on her iPhone? No. <sighs> was I the only one that was imagining Richard's head was the earth and like his hand was like the line <laughs> as he was describing <laughs> yeah, it? Because all I've been looking there shadow. you go. We can see yeah. it right there. Look, the line, <laughs> the north south line. All right. Oh damn. So are we ready to theorize? Because I think I got this one. Well, I'm going to go through all the theories and you guys can tell me which one. There's right. five of them. On this please, one. please. All right. So she went down there. Uh, all right. So what happened? There's five major theories. So theory one's crash and sink. Okay. Uh, the plane's believed to have gone down uh, 160 kilometers from Howland Island, uh, the tiny island that was her destination. Franklin D. Roosevelt, who is now the president, or at that time, uh, put on a massive two-week search for Earhart. And Noonan, but by July 19th, 1937, the search was called off. So two weeks they searched. They spent $2 million of that time money to go Did they send more Coast Guard ships out there or just use the ones they already had? After the two weeks, they're declared both lost at sea. Several expeditions have been sent to this area with no avail, uh, with no avail up until recently even. So they've gone in 2002, 2006, and 2017 not to coast. It's a deep explore, uh, deep sea exploration company has searched the ocean near where they uh, were said to have went down. No elytra, that was the plane, the no plane found. Uh, they dragged the ocean. They've done high tech sonar, deep sea robots, and they've uh, they went to down to the bottom of the ocean. Nothing, okay, around that area. They can't find Jack Squat. Uh, Dan Forth, Pewter CEO, Brian Knepper, and Amelia's great nephew. So this is Amelia's family that's still alive to this day. Uh, he was born a couple of years after the disappearance. Uh, he says that he and his family believe that it was just crash and burn. So that's where they are with the theory. Okay. So that's theory one. And has anyone called in James Cameron to check it out? Because I know this he's is, in the process of. We're about through. to. We're about to get to that. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> I was joking, a... but I now I'm interested. Yeah. No. Uh, not exactly James Cameron, but we'll see. So theory number two is Gardner Island castaways. So there's an island that's close by to the uh, Holland Island. Uh, th the theory is that one or both of Noonan and Earhart survived as castaways on that other secondary island called Garner Island. It's 350 miles away from their destination. I did that for you guys. Uh, the theory goes that not uh, that they got lost and crashed near the island after losing fuel. The island was uninhabited at the time. But yet during expeditions to the islands over the years afterwards, there's been many artifacts and anecdotal evidence that people have survived there. Uh, in 1940, three years after the expedition, uh, an expedition to the island found 13 human bones. A uh, physician mislabeled them as male bones. Uh, after re-examining the bones the years later with better forensic uh, technology and knowledge of humans has been expanding, uh, this time comparing them to the size of Earhart, they were determined to have been more likely women's bones. Uh, some researchers say the bones were Earhart's bones. Uh, they're 100% on it, uh, or at least more likely to have been. But big surprise, the bones have gone missing, so no further testing can be done, minus just using medical records. So they can't do the DNA testing or fuck all. Amelia, are the bones they found in 1940 are gone. They don't know where they went. So that's fun. All right. Uh, the, on the island, they also found a piece of plexiglass that looks like it could have belonged to the plane that they were flying. Uh, it's the same size, but it's kind of damaged and stuff. So they can't be hundred percent sure. Uh, a woman's shoe from the thirties, a cosmetic jar from the thirties. Uh, some improvised tools were also found. Uh, so they found some stuff on an uninhabited Island from the same time period. Ain't, ain't Amelia Earhart. There's no way that lady wore makeup. I have seen the pictures. <laughs> You've seen the same ones I have. <laughs> they sent cadaver dogs out to the Island in 2018. Uh, but the, the cadaver dogs didn't find any evidence of human remains at all. <laughs> and i looked this up i'm like can dogs even find 80 year old bones they fucking can 
That's crazy to me. They can, if they can find anything. Uh, so, but they found no, any, no evidence at all. Uh, and if there was only 13 human bones found, that would leave another 193 to find, right? Because there's 206 bones in the human body. So if the dogs were going to find anything, they should have. As recently as 2019, Robert Ballard, the ocean explorer known for locating the wreck of the Titanic, led the team to find Earhart's plane. Uh, biggest theory with this. Wow. Uh, yeah, so they brought the guy who found the Titanic's wreck to go so it's not james cameron i mean not 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 for nothing but titanic was probably a smidge larger than amelia Earhart's plane oh so. for sure for sure uh but this was two years ago yeah. it's not like like they had tech right but titanic like didn't, didn't get the coast guard to park by, by an island or an iceberg for them so they didn't hit yeah. it <laughs> yeah that's true too wait okay what 13 bones were they like all from one part of the, bo- the body or like a mixture what? no there i could tell you i had them written down i should have kept it well, like, was it like somebody lost a fucking leg or something? And it's like, this- they were, they, they were all her fingers, all 13 of her fingers. One was a finger for sure. Uh, they had like a femur. They had like, they had a bunch of bones. They had like big bones too. They didn't have skull or anything. They didn't have like pelvis, anything big. They had lots of bones. So they had 13. I can pull it up. I just got to pull it. Just give me a second. I was reading them off when I was reading this out loud. I'm like, this sounds, this is just me reading off a list of bones. It's stupid. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So I was just like, I'll just say 13 bones. But no, obviously, since I erased it, fuckhead wants to know. I need to know. I need to know what bones. Like, was it like you just go down to your local bone shop and you just, you know, grab a handful of whatever and you just throw them out there? Or is it like, you know, she lost an arm and some of her fingers? Oh, God, you're making me lose my spot. I'm not telling you what bones. They're fucking 13 bones. I'll tell you after. I'll look them up after. You need to know what bones specifically. They lost the bones no, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll find it myself. I'm, I'm, I'm quite good at finding bones online. Thank you. They're yeah. losing my. I'm, it's his hobby. He's super into boning, man. I'm going to lose my goddamn place. The biggest problem with this theory is that Navy pilots searched this location in 1937 during that two week search and they found nothing. So, figure if they were looking the first two weeks and they were actually stranded on an island, you would have actually noticed the plane or something to that extent uh, when you're flying low over top of these islands. So, that's why most people discount it as a theory. Plus, uh, the cadaver dogs went and plus the guy now. So there's a lot, of, it could be, I, I'm, I, it could be that one. Who knows? It could be that they were castaways. It seems like fun. There's no water there. There's no animals. So they would have died quite quickly from uh, not having anything to drink. They would have to rely on fucking rainwater and shit. So uh, it's kind of a sad way to die. I hope it's not that one. <laughs> they just die of fucking thirst. Yeah. That would be funny with a coast guard boat, like on the other side of the Island. <laughs> It's just on the I mean, other one side. of the bones was was a part of the skull. So whoever this was was definitely dead. <laughs> it wasn't just like you lost some bones. <laughs> in case any in case any of the listeners were confused as to whether it was someone's dead remains <laughs> or someone just lost some bones <laughs> on this island, it, they were definitely dead. <laughs> Well, unless they were getting uh, some sort of like brain surgery and the person didn't replace the piece of uh, brain and they just kept it. Uh, some weird doctor who like chunks. Oh, of skull, damn. You know, or if they were had to had to eat themselves to survive, that would be fucking metal. They like cut off a yeah. finger like I'm not doing it. Noonan, I'm going to eat your fucking pinky finger. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's rough. I, I wouldn't. I can't imagine dying on an island like that. Well, so we guys got the two theories so far. We're going to discuss these after when I go through them all. So crash and burn. Okay. Castaways. Right. right, Crash and burn castaways. Okay. Uh, Third major theory is that uh, they were Japanese prisoners. 
Some people say that they Earhart and Noonan were captured and executed by the Japanese or executed or captured, one of the two, and or captured. Uh, in 2017, investigators found a photo in the National Archives that looks like it depicts Earhart and Noonan days after the crash in Japanese custody. If you look up the photo, it does look like uh, Amelia Earhart. It does look like some other guy is like standing there. It does not necessarily need to be Noonan, but she in the photo is sitting down and kind of looking back and she has kind of the same haircut. She looks disheveled. She's definitely not a Japanese person. So it could be, it looks like her. It could be. Hmm. Also, they also say it was believed that she may have been Tokyo Rose. Uh, Tokyo Rose was an English speaking female broadcaster who transmitted missions, uh, messages to the allies during World War II. Uh, this theory was popular for a while until her husband listened to the recordings and said, that's not my wife. So they assumed Amelia Earhart was caught by the Japanese and she was like sending help to the allies in the forties, which is kind of hmm. fun. That's a fun one. This woman, this woman spent, a good chunk of her life just flying around the world. And this guy's like, yeah, I know exactly what my wife sounds like. I talk to her yeah. every day. Yeah. That was, that was one of the notes I wanted to drop. I have all the people in this story. I trust the least it's George Putnam. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. He's just got like <laughs> this height to him. That's just very untrustworthy. You see the, the Wikipedia photo for him. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a, he's one of those like publicist guys that are just trying to get, make money off people. So he probably married her just to get money. Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Is that why you don't trust? Yeah, him? I think so. I like, even in their photo together, he just looks like he's like criticizing her or something. <laughs> like it's very, I bet you if you pull up any photo of any strange. man looking to a woman in the 1930s, it's going to look like he's judging her. Like, why are you not, unless it's like serving dinner, then they're like, thanks honey. Are, are, that's fair are george putnam and stephen colbert related because they look exactly alike <laughs> that's true i didn't even notice that when i was thinking about maybe this they're too. the same person we should give uh our, <laughs> our good friend uh mr colbert a ring see what he knows about this we all have his personal cell phone number right? i do for sure okay for sure right. he asked keeps asking me to go on the show i'm like nah man you're fucking over you know all right. i want old media get the fuck out of here perfect so <laughs> so we'll just wait for the show to end and then we'll definitely call him yeah i'll give all him a right. ring ding Cool. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Japanese officials uh, deny ever having Earhart in custody now that it's the 2020s. Like they say, we never actually had it. Uh, but this is late 30s Japan. They still had an emperor. So, I mean, if you if you drop two nuclear bombs on me, I probably would be like us. No, we never would do anything like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that, of course not. Do you want a PlayStation? I mean, the. <laughs> The, the nuclear bombs came very much after Amelia Earhart's disappearance, right? Sure, but when uh, a couple they, years yeah, did they deny it immediately? No, they didn't. They never noticed this until 2017. This is a new theory that they oh, found okay. that photo and went, "Hey, that looks like Amelia Earhart." Well, you can't cop to it now. I mean, we basically gave Japan freedom. They're fucked if they come back. If we find out our prized possession, was... that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not gonna. Yeah, like, I agree. They're not gonna dime themselves out. I agree. This could totally be the one because why would Japan, what's the benefit for them to say, we stole your fucking, the best person you had at the time, like the most famous celebrity the, you had at the time. The what's benefit? To them saying, yeah, we did that. They want to find out. We'll show them. <laughs> so there's no, there's no plus for them to say that. So yeah. And plus, like I said, they had an emperor. How well did they even keep files in the thirties in Japan? Like, if they even knew that they had her, how how archived is your shit? You got nuked. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. They really sucked back then. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Japanese people were so crazy that they took a nuke and said, we're not giving up. And then they took the second nuke and went, you know what? We better give up. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like took the second one for them oh, to yeah. go like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like pre-nuke, you have Amelia as a negotiation chip and they never use that. Yeah. That's on them. Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Fair uh, enough. But here comes the next theory then. Let's get into that then. Theory four, American spy theory. Hmm. So Newton and Earhart were spies for Roosevelt and this was a way to fake their death. That's one of the big theories. That's why they sent out the ships. That's why they did all the help for her because she was a spy. All right. Okay. Uh, they lived out the rest of their lives in the U.S. under assumed names. That's what the big theory is. So author uh, W.C. Jameson in his book, Amelia Earhart, Beyond the Grave, said that he interviewed uh, the nephew of a high ranking military official. And his informant said that it was common knowledge in the high ranking intelligence community that Earhart was involved in an intelligence gathering operation. So I find this hilarious that like I interviewed my uncle's brother's sister's military friend, who's uh, it's pretty uh, long down the line to put in a book. Like if you're trying to be a credible source, you got to go like get a anyways, but he's saying that uh, uh, they, this was common knowledge within the intelligence community that she was actually there. So uh, Joseph Gervais author of Amelia lives uh, from the seventies claims that not only was she captured by the Japanese after the crash, but after world war II, she was repatriated to the U.S. under an assumed name. She was supposedly named Irene Bolam, the banker. So she was a banker. Uh, Irene was also a female pilot in the 40s and, in the, sorry, in the 30s and 40s and claimed that she knew Earhart. Uh, biggest problem with this theory is two things. Uh, first, she was a woman in the 1940s. Uh, remember she came famous for taking a plane trip across the uh, Pacific, not flying a plane. I don't think the U.S. was ready for a female spy. You know, I, I think that they were uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not someone as such high profile as Amelia Earhart. Yeah, I never got that like trope where it's like the famous person is secretly a spy. Like that's yeah. the most like inconvenient fucking shit in the world. Like <laughs> that that whole hiding in plain sight is bullshit. It's not easy to cover up something like that. But no, uh, what were you gonna well, say, Getz? I'm I'm. Okay, so first off, women were spies. I mean, Virginia Hall is a very famous spy. Sure. Um, okay, she was, that's just my. She was in the opinion. early CIA, which was the OSS back in the day. So that was been like. But 1940s. she she was famous for being a spy then, right? Like after the fact, she wasn't a spy at first. She was a secretary turned spy. Okay, but she wasn't like a fucking movie star that like went on secret missions. <laughs> no, but here here's what I will say. So um, having a little bit of understanding of the world um i it wouldn't surprise oh, me all if right wow fuck you <laughs> that's, yeah that's the implication that we don't have any understanding sorry no, i meant uh, i that's i didn't me, mean uh, it. I, I meant, I meant the into world... like the i meant i meant into like the government world my guess is <laughs> it had nothing to do with the high profile of who she was and everything that she had um you know some sort of cover for action to fly so like she had a reason to be flying around the world, right? She was this famous person. My guess is she did not, she was not a spy from the jump, but they may have put some sort of things onto her plane, like as she was flying around to like capture imagery or things like that, which would make sense. I mean, Lockheed Martin was the one that, um, right? Maybe it was just Lockheed at the time, designed her, her airplane for this trip. They added extra tanks for mileage. They could have added other things to it. So it really wouldn't surprise me if that's why this all makes sense, right? Why would the Japanese 
go after her? Why would they capture her? Why would they imprison her? I think it all could possibly point to that. Okay, we'll go. I, I got more on this uh, about the theory here, uh, and we can we can get into it. I, honestly, I I want this one to be the most true one, but we'll get into it more. Um, second, Irene Bolum, uh, the real name, uh, the real Irene, denies being Earhart. So that's the other problem with this theory. <laughs> she actually uh, was pissed. She sued the publisher of the book for uh, $1.5 million in the 70s. The book was pulled and she received an out-of-court settlement. So there was something to it. Uh, I mean, Earhart, do we have a picture of this other woman? Does, does oh, she look she, like Charles Lindbergh? She, she looks like fucking Amelia. It's fucking crazy, actually. Uh, find her, you'll see. Uh, Bullum and Earhart also had mutual friends who claimed to have known them both because she was also a pilot in that during that time. So... There's a lot of problems with that, but on Bolum's death, Gervais, the, the author guy, requested to take fingerprints and photos of Bolum, but was denied, fueling theories to come out again. So she wasn't even allowed to fingerprint this lady just to shut him the fuck up. So that all that's going to do is make the conspiracy theorists go even crazier, right? Uh, after I looked at Irene, yeah. I see why people thought it. She looks like Amelia, but in 2006, criminal forensic expert examined the pictures of both Bolum and Earhart and noted enough differences between the two to conclude that they were different people. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Who hired the who hired the forensic photographer? Was it the government to cover up? I don't know, but I'm a little annoyed that everyone's so focused on Amelia and everyone's just like, who the fuck was Fred? Like, no one's looking at for Fred's alter ego out out there, you know? Yeah, no, Fred. Uh, I got into a little bit with Fred. Fred was a drunk actually, and he was. I they, one of the theories that he was hammered, and that's why he fucked up their direction. But I didn't get into it because it didn't have lots. It only had like a little bit of meat on the bone on that. But I find that hilarious too. That Fred was just drunk. I think it's more likely that he was a drunk, but he was so nervous for this this flight, this worldwide flight, that he didn't drink and it fucked him up. Because <laughs> how are you going to find the stars in the sky that you need if you're not drunk? It's like, yeah, that looks right. You need the confidence to be drunk to be like, yeah, fu- I'll follow that star all the way there. Amelia's like, wow, a lot of turbulence. And he's like, yeah, it's the turbulence. <laughs> okay. What is they got here? No evidence has ever been found that either in uh, Roosevelt's papers or any intelligence files from World War II that she was a spy. So people have gone through this shit, but I mean, like I said, how much shit was just destroyed? Who the fuck knows? Uh, there's been four four books asserting this theory, so it's uh, very compelling for people who want to believe that theory. There's enough to one books, one thing, two books, maybe, but like four starts to get like, is this true? It's kind of fun. And then the last theory, uh, which is a fun one, and uh, I want to believe that it's aliens um the the most crazy fucking assholes on the corner of the internet want to tell us it's aliens it's my favorite aliens will always be my favorite theory guys i'm sorry i might not be helpful in this uh if it's ever aliens comes up as the theory i'm probably gonna end up picking that one because it's the most fun yeah um where she hit a fucking weather balloon yeah yeah (laughs) weather balloons don't exist they're the aliens themselves we already go over this okay actually back back to my she could have been a fucking spy thing yeah you know how you were talking about the radio thing she refused to go on lower bands what if that caused interference between some signals they were collecting like some sort of radio radio signal gathering it's perfect it's telling you it all fucking makes sense now let's let me go rip through aliens and we'll talk about it i'm down fucking right uh, aliens doesn't have much. They just say in that area of the, uh, the Pacific where her Nooner went down, it's usually a hotbed for alien activity. Even to this day, uh, it's believed that she was captured by aliens and taken off this planet during an abduction. Uh, there's also ones that say that she's living in the middle earth, the hollow earth. She was sucked down there and she's oh eternally her age in the middle of the earth, charming the pants off of, uh, hollow earth aliens right now. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, but I mean, King Kong just went back down there. Like they would, they would have found her. Yeah, right. Uh, it's, it's not aliens, but I mean, this is a, a big theory. It, it's like the people with the birds aren't real shit. It's funny to say, and people want to. Yo, like, uh, you say you fucking say that, and that's how you wind up with all these sincere flat earthers. Okay. Are, are you coming at my people? Birds are not real. I knew I could trigger you with that. <laughs> Jeez. This is I and I'm, I'm out of beer. So like you're really you're out of beer right now. Are you okay? Are you about to sober explain something to me? I know. I wasn't sure how much longer this was gonna take. So okay, well, let's just talk about what theories we have. We have all five. Can we got them? Do you guys write them down? Are we de- detecting boys? Huh? Have we been detecting? I formulated my own. Yeah. I wrote down the correct one. Oh, okay. Well, let's go. I want to hear everybody's. Let, who wants to start? Oh, all right, I'll go. Uh, so, hey. so just following the uh, the breadcrumbs that have been left behind. So, trust fund baby money. Okay. Uh, criminal extraordinaire, right? <laughs> we all agreed that, okay. or at least okay. comfortable with criminal activity. Okay. Okay. And then Rick pulled the uh, the the similarities between her and Richard or no, what the fuck's his name? Charles Lindbergh uh, yeah. and how they could have swapped. I think that's what happened. Okay. I think they traded places at some point. Right. Okay. Because Charles Lindbergh. All right. And Morrow is his wife. She wanted him to fuck out because he ate their baby or something. And <laughs> okay. all right. And, and George Putnam, he always more, more than looking like he's criticizing her. He looks stressed. Okay. So I don't think he loves her. I think he's under her thumb. So she got him to help her set all this up. Okay. So Charles Lindbergh, they just slapped a wig and fake tits on him and threw him in that plane with Fred. Fred, I don't, I don't know what his deal was. Maybe he was like a criminal or something and they just got him to, to off himself in exchange for money for his family or something. Okay. Amelia falls in love with Ann Morrow. Okay. Okay. And then she transitions, which tracks, okay, transatlantic flight. It's always been there. <laughs> He's always wanted this. You know what I mean? So so in perpetuity until until her death. She's not gonna be public about that. Well, yeah, yeah she could. I, I mean, not not in that time. Yeah. I mean she would have been too embarrassed. Right. She yeah. She would have needed to do this. I yeah, I'm gonna see where you're going with this. I right. Like so it. between her money and you know, uh, and Charles Lindbergh's fortune, I mean, it, it just it totally lines up for her to just have an awesome, happy, fake penis sex life with Ann Morrow and <laughs> and then die in nineteen seventy-two, like Charles Lindbergh supposedly did. So when did okay, where did Charles Lindbergh go during this swap? He 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 was tied up and, and in the plane. So he he was Amelia in the plane. Any oh, any any so radio he, contact? It was all pre-recorded. Okay, so he yeah. they swapped before the flight. Like they mm-hmm. swapped like years before, so she could have like a scissor fucking fest with Charles Lindbergh's wife. I bet I bet they were I bet they were had a, something of an affair prior. I would I would huh. I would argue sure. This is theory number six. I didn't even see this coming. This is coming in from mm-hmm. the left field, guys. Mm-hmm. Theory number six: the trans. Atlantic, yeah, the, the trans transatlantic theory. <laughs> you know what? You should start like a weird uh, Reddit forum on this. People will lob on, and they'll start fucking. Adding oh yeah, dude, I'm I'm firmly kidding, but that's just how this shit starts too. I mean, <laughs> no, I know an ironic sure. joke, it- and then everyone's like, "No, but what if?" Yeah. <laughs> so I hope I hope that spreads. You know what? I'm not convinced yet. 
I don't know if we should go back to Celeste with this answer yet, but I mean, it's a good theory. <laughs> you know, we got to go back to Celeste, a unified front. So okay. I want to see what Getsy. I want to see what Getsy Boy come has to say here. We just need to make people believe that we believe we solved it. All yeah, right? exactly. That's the important. <laughs> exactly. Part. So let's see what unified front. Let's see what we can get from Gets. Maybe he can pull us into a unified front on what how this thing should be solved. Yeah. So I've been trying to I've been trying to do research on uh, Japanese signal intelligence from the 1930s here <laughs> in the two minutes while he's been talking about <laughs> transatlantic. Flights. Okay. All right. And to, a, more, a little more. I'm, I'm sure you're all surprised. I I haven't found much in my light googling. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't keep any they didn't keep any files of like who they captured during the war but they sure they kept the fucking obscure like signals that they were sending to the skies in the 30s i'm sure that's right that being like, said email the emperor i am i am currently reading through a pdf that is from 19 january 1945 is was declassified so it was at least i don't know if it was written on january 1945 or just declassified in january 1945 but it was titled Japanese Radio Communications and Radio Intelligence. I don't know what this stands for, but it says C-I-N-C-P-O-A. It must be, I don't know, some branch. Call call in nautical. It was probably a branch of the Navy. I believe in you. That, you were almost that there. No long, <laughs> that, that no longer exists. He didn't give me the rest of it. <laughs> but essentially, it, it, it's a really long PDF, so I'm not reading the whole thing. But I scrolled down a little bit. <clears throat> And some of the images which were included are two almost like cell tower looking um, structures spaced about 500 feet apart. And it says that they support low frequency antenna systems. So that already tells me that at, at, at least prior to 1945, that if the Navy collected this as um, imagery intelligence, that some sort of Japanese radio signals were being broadcasted on the island. So that goes back to where you specifically said Amelia, for some reason, didn't want to switch to low frequency bands. If I had to guess, because I mean, Lockheed is a huge um, defense contractor in the United States, that they were likely contracting with the military. They hooked some things onto that plane. She was probably a winning accomplice. They said, don't switch down to these because it won't actually work because we just hot swapped it out with our shit to just collect. She flew where she was supposed to fly. That's how she got the support from the government. Cause I don't care who the fuck you're friends with. I don't just say, Hey, I'm not, I might not find this one small Island. You want to just put some boats out there? Cause if I'm the president of the United States, I'll go back and I'll say, no, you want to just fly to a different fucking Island. Like that would be my response. I'm not going to move boats for you. So that's why I think it goes into the theory of you. You know what? I'm going to, before you continue, I'm going to just going to tell you this. I feel like you're going to be president one day and you're going to have to say that to yeah, someone. Just yeah. keep going. And it then feels that way, this is a lot of homework. <laughs> it, this, this sounds like I'm, I'm in now. Like I, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, okay. letting, I'm not letting go of bottom surgery, Amelia, but I'm in. Well, we'll get yeah. there. Well, and then, so there's, there's two, there's two things that I'm unsure of. I don't know if, or do we want to say that the planes were, shot down now i don't also know the technology that existed back in 1937 to shoot down a plane but i imagine that it did or that it just went down on its own if i had to guess they took that plane down on purpose and the japanese went and recovered her and boom that was that 
Mm. And that's where, that's where my theory is. And I will probably spend um, tomorrow researching Japanese signals intelligence from the 1930s very heavily. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they weren't trying to like shoot her down though. Maybe that's just how they thought planes land and they were trying to help. <laughs> right. The Japanese at the top. Okay. What I'm going to, what I'm going to say about this. Uh, okay. Uh, boys. I'm going to start this off like this. RJ, you fucking innovator, bro. You fucking thought of something. I didn't, couldn't even thought of Nobody even thought of this yet. You're a innovator. And I like that about you. Uh, gets, you're, you're the brains of the operation. I didn't want to say it earlier, but you did. You definitely did that. You can read better than most of us. You probably know how to pronounce all those names I fucked up. I'm cool with that. Uh, but what I'm going to say is Occam's Razor, boys. I Honestly, I think you just fuck it. They just crash like jackasses. Uh, that's where I'm at with, I think. But since this is where I was at with the starting, I think they just crashed and they died. But Getz actually puts a, a bunch of good spins on the mm-hmm. spy theory. And maybe, uh, maybe just to like, me being serious for a second here. Maybe uh, she didn't. Did you say that she knew that she was a willing or she was not a willing on this? I would say that she was a willing. Um, I, I I would think it would be pretty dumb of, of anyone to put something on her plane without telling her first, because if she was in a situation where it was, well, where someone was looking at her plane or she flew into a foreign country and someone was snooping, it would be a good idea to tell the Amer- American citizen, Hey, we have something on your plane. You're going to want to make sure that people aren't snooping around your radio. Mm. And I feel like, I feel like you're probably right because what I'm thinking now, now that you've actually said this to me is that she had, she was a very goal driven woman, correct? Can you guys agree with mm-hmm. me from that story I just told you? So she really wanted to fly around the world. And I don't think anyone was going to support a woman doing this without having Noonan, who was probably actually the spy in this whole thing. Being like, I'm coming with you. I'm bringing my shit and we'll help you get around. We'll do this. Oh, like her handler. He's basically the guy who was watching her to make sure she got to be to get the famous part. Everyone would be watching her doing that. And she would just went like, I guess, why not? I get to be get the thing. And then once I get back to America, I'm set for life. I already was probably set for life, but now mm. uh, I'm done. I'm over it. I don't have to. I can. I flew around the world. I did the thing. Otherwise, I wasn't going to be able to do this. So I think you're right. I think she, under her with her brain, with the way she wanted to be uh, the best and the first at all the stuff. She probably looked at this like the lesser of two evils. I'm helping my country. She probably went, I'm helping my country, first of all. And then I got a way to do this. All I have to do is bring Fred with me because I guarantee she probably could have or wanted to do it by herself instead of have a man with her because that would have, in her mind, probably diminished what she did because a man was there at the time. Uh, because she already said that a bunch of times when she took the flight from the from New, uh, New, or, uh, Newfoundland mm-hmm to scotland or ireland the first time or whatever when she flew with the guys when she just sat in there she said i didn't do it it was all everyone just thinks about the men i just sat there and did jack squat right so she's a i'm gonna go with she was probably a fucking spy i'm down now i'm down with that i didn't i'm gonna say rick will need to be the one to say it though because that was a lot of words with very little being said (laughs) so so spy theory is good let him say it otherwise you're gonna start sweating i'm gonna start talking about post-op sex changes so Let's let let's let him present it to, to Celeste. Yeah, sure. I vote that. Yeah, no, we're not going to. No, for sure. We're not going to fucking put me or you <laughs> to talk to Celeste. She's going to yell at us. I wish I I wish I would have done my homework more on Japanese 1930s radio communications. But fuck that. You you got to wing all these now. That was too good. That's impressive. I actually didn't look up any of this prior that's to. Starting. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Should we call Celeste or what? Should we get her on the. All right. 
banana phone. All right, Celeste, we figured it out. Great. Amelia Earhart was a spy for the Americans. She was spying on the Japanese. That's why she was flying around the world. They replaced part of her. Oh, I'm not doing that. I forgot. She was spy for the uh, spying for the Americans. She was spying on the Japanese, and she crashed in the ocean. And they took her captive, took her plane. They probably executed her. We're not sure where her body ended up, but she was with the Japanese until her death. That is what happened. We know it for a fact. It's not even uh, debatable anymore. And I hope the some sort of historical society gets onto this podcast and we can put this bitch to shut bed. Up, Richard. All right. Richard, shut up. Which one of you is responsible for this? Because I know it wasn't him. It was it was uh, it was it was Gats over there with uh, a good amount of help from me. Good job. That's fucking stupid. I'm going to tell them she crashed. Good job. That right there is proof that it was a cover up. I have some I have some interesting alternate theories if you ever want to circle back. I'm flattered, but I'm married to the job. I was going to talk about <laughs> sex change surgery, but all right. Again, flattered. <laughs> flattered that you think I have the structure to pull that off, but oh. I'm, married, I'm, I'm married to my genitals. Thank you. Oh, okay. Your genitals are your job. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>